1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nison. We just did the uh, emergency podcast about the Tom Dumoulin news, so we're dating ourselves. This is being recorded on the 23rd of January. Probably would have been good practice for me to mention the date we're recorded for a lot of these, given that there's news coming out all the time that is changing things. So we usually record these on a five to seven day in advance. And um, we thought it would be safe to do so in January with not too much racing going on, but random stuff keeps happening but benji you i want to mention what we're doing with the, the twitter account plug that a little bit better
0: regarding twitter we're trying to keep you all up to date with what we're posting so roughly a week from before we're trying to announce what podcasts we're going to be releasing we try to announce which guests are coming on the podcast and just genuinely an extra means of communication with the people who listen and, and watch to our podcast so if you want to see it it's landon rouge cp on twitter check it out and give it a follow
1: see i obviously don't know how twitter works uh, but Benji reliably is is trying to show me how it works, but I'm not learning very quickly. This is the team Quebeca Asos Asos. Never know which way to pronounce it. Asos are now the title sponsor. NTT last year was the name of this team, and uh, NTT have pulled out. They were really, really struggling with funding, unfortunately. I was about to call them an African team. I'm not really sure if they are an African team anymore, if that's the right way to characterize them. I mean, it might be where the license is held or whatever, but there's not very many African riders or young African riders being signed to this team. I'm glad they got funding to continue for another year or so. I wouldn't say it's really a world tour level team, but we'll get into that in in a second they're staying at world tour level for 2021 you know the rules by now the structure this is 2020 review transfers picking the teams for monuments and grand tours and then us giving our hot takes and predictions for their season in 2021. 2020 season, Benji, nine wins according to PCS, but one of those was the European Championships when Nizzolo was riding for Italy, but I guess he gets to wear that European Champs jersey for them this year. That's a par year for me, for this team. Do you think I'm overrating it?
0: It's difficult with a team like what they had last year. Baldo started great at the Giro, and if he was able to keep that up until the end, we would have looked at it very differently. Nizzolo had a good start to the season, and it sucks for the team NTT that the majority of his wins were ones where he wasn't necessarily riding in their colors. Well, not for their goals, at least NC of Italy, European championships, apparently is a stage win. So it's all got something there. And then you, yeah, that's understood another one. But I think that O'Connor was one of the riders that kind of brought it forward more in the Giro with that stage win. And outside of that, the team was kind of lacking. I, I don't know what else they could have done though it's it's harsh but a lot of people call it a retirement home for cyclists because towards the end of the career they're moving towards ntt i find that on one end a bit harsh because there's a lot of young talent in that team as well that might have actually left towards a quebeca thing because once we go into transfers in a second here we're gonna see so many different riders change team that it's it's gonna get pretty mad but they're also kind of right on the retirement home aspect in the sense that the likes of an Enrico Gasparotto, he was not going to move the needle really in his last years of his career. Kreuziger is also at a point where his career is ending and he's moving into a pro-conti in 2021. So yeah, I think that Quebec might be a change in that. I do want to talk about the African aspect, like you said, uh, once we get to the transfer side, because I, I've i got a proper opinion on that. But regarding last year, it's on par with what you could expect from a team like NTT. That's the only thing I can really add. But next to that, I, I don't think there's there's anything else we could have expected, but it's also not a wonderful performance over the year.
1: I think they got a bit unlucky, as you said. Also, the Nitzolo coming into coming into the Tour de France, Nitzolo was flying, and then he had a crash, right? And that's why he DNF'd the Tour de France. Yep. And that affected him in those sprint stages. Still got third in Sisteron, So he had fifth in MSR, first in Italy national championships, first in the European championships. And that was against, I think, Benji, Ackerman, MVDP, and Damar in that Pouet yep. course. So that was a really solid victory against top competition. And I think Nizzolo was t- taking a step up and, yeah, that crash kind of maybe they would have had more wins, but I think it was their most wins in a couple of years. They got a Grand Tour win with Ben O'Connor, but so I, I think that's par or slightly above par. The problem is now as we get into the transfers, as Benji alluded to, that Grand Tour win came from Ben O'Connor, and they didn't re-sign him. He went uh, out the door uh, to Asia Dua. and I was and you might be thinking, oh well, he got a big deal. At AG2R, but I don't think he did. I think he, he seemed to be struggling to get a contract, and he's only on a one year deal at AG2R. So, like, I don't he would have been one of the first guys I would have been re signing. Um, but there's a lot of movement in and out of this team. If you go and we're looking at pro cycling stats, um, if you go and look at their transfers, it is, I can't count, like 15 riders in, nearly 20 riders out, or something like. Yeah. What do you think are the highlight ones we should be talking about, Benji?
0: I think we can go over the main ones indeed. And let's start talking about the people that left the team. I think we see a lot of the people I just spoke about in that retirement home aspect of what NTT was for many people. Danilo Wies did not deserve to be in World Tour last year, and he was, and he's now not in that anymore. So he hasn't even found a contract and a team to go to. I think that sucks for him, but I think. There's better riders that could get into World Tour than Daniel Lewis at the moment. Bozenhagen to Pro Conti, Team Total Direct Energy. Gasprom with Kreuziger, same story. Enrico Gasparotto ending a wonderful career of Amstel stories. If you want to see more about Gasparotto and Amstel, I think you've got a video of that, right?
1: Yeah. i got a dedication to Enrico Gasparotto. Very few riders have got that. Only Finney and yeah Gaspar, I think.
0: <laughs> then Valgren. Kind of the same story, but Valgren might still have stuff to offer, to be honest, that he had first. Nippo. apparently the first has gone in that name. Just confused the hell out of me. Louis Mankeys to Intermarché. He was the man that was the the future of South Africa a few years ago, and he just didn't deliver in the end. I think he had some injuries along the way, so can't put all the blame on just him not performing enough. But it didn't happen. That's what I mean to say. And I think they've also lost... Part of their talent, Batistella, Shinomeda. Yeah. We spoke about him on uh, yep. on one of the previous podcasts when he joined Bahrain Victorious. Ben O'Connor was really good at. the giro, you said it. They've lost that man. And then just a few transfers that wouldn't necessarily be considered the all-out talent, but could be good teammates in a team. That is Walter. That's the likes of Gibbons, the likes of the bot. So Barrow could count as a talent, though. Forgot about him there. Yep. And... um. It's kind of the all-overview of the people that left the team. So it's not per se that I'm saying that they lost the best riders in the world, but they lost a bit of the basics of what the team stands for. And I think that goes a lot into that African
1: aspect. Well, they lost they five African riders and they didn't re-sign any.
0: Yeah, that's one of the the real notable things when it comes to Quebec now, because Quebec is obviously known for being, I think they're a, a bike thing for Africa, right? That, They try and get bikes to the people that can't access uh, studies or anything in local areas in Africa. And it's kind of like...
1: yeah, uh, It's it's a South African not-for-profit that donates bicycles as part of the World Bicycle Relief Charity Program in South Africa, um, is is what it says on Wikipedia.
0: Okay, good. That's a correct statement because I was like working off scraps of information. I know about it. It's an awesome project. But... I remember them back in the day when it was MTN Quebeca speaking about, we want to bring this African uh, environment forward, the African cycling environment. and
1: Yeah, looking to be a at development their, pathway for them, to be a, a yeah. world tour landing destination for talented African cyclists.
0: And while I, on one end, think they're doing that with their development team, Team Quebeca, who is now an Italian team, and not necessarily an African team anymore at its core, they are not signing the best African riders. And we've spoken about it a lot. Girmai, I know you're going to be so angry at us for bringing it up again, but this team needs Girmai. Like, it is in their DNA, and they don't have him. And it hurts me so much. They do have Henok Mülubran, I think that's how you pronounce it, planned to join in 2021 according to his PCS page, but if I look at the team PCS page of 2021, he's still in the development team, so I'm not sure if that's correct. I would have already had him in the World Tour team, personally. I think he's got enough talent to be in the World Tour team, and I think there's people in the World Tour team in 2021 that are not, per se, better than Hinnok Mulebron. So the Eritrean would have deserved to be up there, and he's got some proper results, so... Bit disappointing on my end that a rider like that doesn't get an opportunity in their wilter yet this year most likely in the future but who knows perhaps some other wilter team goes in and is like oh we're gonna get rid of him as well and we're gonna take him from quebec yeah? so that's one of the things that annoys me with the transfers anyway back to the transfers themselves the uh income what is the uh who are the riders that you are like Ah, oh, this is a good transfer
1: Oh well, I, I just want to echo what you said, Benji, and I, I don't want to put words in someone's mouth, but I can't remember who said it. Um, but they were like, "Oh, they, why are you criticizing us? There's not enough, you know, talented African writers to to sign." And I think that's plainly false. I mean, if you're if yeah. right. if people like Robert Power are getting speaking of people that are transferred in, people like Robert Power are getting sort of second opportunities at World Tour level, um to you know he's 25 now he's not actually that young he's on he's on a one-year deal but he's still he's getting a second chance at world tour level and uh yeah he's getting signed so there are other african riders just as talented as him that being said do i wish that biniam garamai had gone to quebec no because honestly (laughs) i think a four-year deal at nippo is probably better like for stability for race program and everything like that and opportunities so because I don't really have much, too much faith in this team and I worry about it. sustainability, its sustainability. It seems to have serious funding issues and I'm not sure they are resolved uh, even in the medium term. But the incoming riders, Sergio Arnau and Fabio Aru, both from UAE Team Emirates, uh, I'm, I don't think Arou is going to do too much. I, I'm worried about Fabio Aru. I wouldn't be surprised if he retired early as well. Simon Clarke, quite a good signing. He did well at Royal Bernard Drome last year for uh, EF Pro Cycling. Uh, Australian veteran. He can always go stage hunting in a Grand Tour and is always up there and capable of winning a Grand Tour stage. Dimitri Clive, we mentioned on the Confidus podcast, good cobbler, top 10 in Flanders maybe, Benji, and probably be doing well in Pararoo Bay. We thought that – I think that's a good signing. And just going down the list, uh, Vlachek, reasonably good signing. Um because he's quite young i think but other than that i don't really know too much about the rest you know robert power he did well in strata and showed early that he was quite good at sunweb in like 2018 but yeah it kind of plateaued since then um but what are some other names on here benji You're gonna have to help me out some of them are coming up from conti and pro conti level like uh mauro schmidt and uh Emil Vindieva from Rewal, Rewal Securitas cycling team. Any real talents in there we should mark down in our black books?
0: I think that Vindieva is a rider that indeed comes from Rewal but in general, he is, in my eyes, teammate material. He has, over the years, gotten top 10 results in Danish classics, but he's already 26. We cannot forget about that aspect. It's not like he's 23 or 22 and moving forward in that way. That being said, he's not a terrible time trialist, he is not a terrible flat-slash-cobble guy, but he's not going to move the needle for Quebec so they've got to find a way to use him in an effective way, but it most likely will be as a domestique, from what I can see. The races that he's good at is the likes of a Trobro-Leon. 2019 Trobro-Leon, fad. That's, That's a good result. And... I think if you send this guy to the likes of Paris Tour and such, he can get results. He didn't have DNF'd in that in 2019. I don't know if that's an tr- injury or anything like that. So uh unsure about that. He's just a consistently decent rider, but he's not gonna be the one that wins the races for Quebec. Yeah? Mauro Schmidt, I um, honestly did not know until I opened today's uh today's Quebec page. I am not too confident in him. He looks like he's one of those young riders that we spoke about earlier. If he's good, and he surely signed until 2022, if he's good after those two years, another team is going to steal him. And if he's not good enough, then he might stay, but he's not going to be moving the needle for Quebec. So, yeah, again, it's one of those mid tier youth riders. I think his better results are like fourth in the ITTU 23 of Switzerland, but getting fourth on that means there's three youngsters that are better in switzerland at time trialing and yeah In on paper that's gonna mean that there's at least like 50 younger riders in in general that are better in, than him at time trialing all over so again i don't think he's gonna make the biggest difference and that's kind of everything when it comes to the youngsters that they signed facik was really good when it comes to the youngster but it looks like according to his career he's Lowered and lowered when it comes to the quality. I think 2018 was his best year where he basically top three at everything he rode, which is kind of mad. 2019, that wasn't really the case. And I think the year that Remco was um, winning the U- U18, no, Junior World Championships, yeah, Vachik, Vachik was the rider Vachik, that Vachik, yeah, was yeah. one of the last ones, yeah, together with um, the German rider. He, Offline, he's only 20.
1: He's only 20 years old, I think. Yep. That signing, and He's not really had a chance at world tour level. I think a lot of these other yeah, riders who have had a this is their second and third chance now at sort of, and they're in their mid twenties. Then I just, I just don't see it happening. Um, Simon Clark, I think, still if he's on a decent contract, is a nice signing. Fabio yes. Aru, what do you think? What do you think about Fabio Aru, Benji? I mean, the way UAE treated him, I think was like, I understand their frustration. They were paying him so much money, but that's their fault for paying him that much money on that deal. And he never won a race for UAE. And I don't know the inter- the, the dynamics between them and whether he was a bad communicator or whatever. But frankly, the way UAE publicly commented on
0: he him, him yeah.
1: after the Tour de France, I think, was... Uh, Really unprofessional, and uh, I thought it was a dis- disgraceful, actually, um, because it's one thing to say it was disappointing them, but they actually then really harmed his ability to get another contract after last year. And I-, I just thought it was if a guy is struggling like that mentally or with family issues or with whatever. And I know you know, just you know, just don't re-sign him. But I guess they were they were annoyed. Um, but yeah, I just didn't think they needed to do that. That being said, I don't expect much from Aru this year either. I think it's um, I think he's not going to be competing at the top level GC wise. But you think he could go? Do you think he could win a Grand Tour stage, Benji?
0: I think everything would need to fall in place for that to happen. I do believe that he needs to try that. I think that in Grand Tours, he's often placed in a situation where he's forced to go to GC still because he did it in the past. And I think that this should be the year that they don't do that. They should send Aru to a grand tour and give him full freedom on trying to get stage wins and up that happiness in cycling again. He did cyclocross throughout the offseason. And to me, it seems like he was really enjoying himself. And he found himself into a position where he's actually riding the World Championship cyclocross, which is, yeah, kind of mad. So I'm pretty happy there. It looks like he was having fun. It looks like the change from teams might giving him a very positive effect in his career yeah you were talking about perhaps an early retirement i, w- I would not go as far yet i think that this is a, a position that he's in he's now at a new team he's now in a new environment where he can try and prove himself again but without too much pressure because right now he's likely not on a big contract at quebec to be honest and he's likely open to trying other stuff to try and invent fun ways to to get to to a cycling career here and i think that i kind of support him in that i hope that he finds his way back into a competing manner it doesn't need to be for grand tours it doesn't need to be for the big guns Can be just winning a small race would be amazing already for upping his happiness in cycling and upping his self-confidence because i think that's a very big factor with all these riders that end up being injured for multiple years that they are not sure what they can do against his own storming, amazing generation of pogachars in the world. And I think that Aru just needs to find his place in in the peloton right now. And I think that joining Quebec will have a positive effect on his career that way. But outside of him, plenty of other guys that joined the team. Sergio Now, it's kind of the same situation, to be honest. He uh, has also been pretty poor the last few years. And I'm not sure what to expect from him in the coming years. I hope he can find the spot again. But I think we mentioned it all around. I think that last year, their main rider was Nitzelor. And I think that's still going to be the same in 2021.
1: All right, let's move on to that then. Let's move to their their leaders and their teams for the various races, starting with the cobbled races, where I actually think their cobbled team is quite good, Benji. I mean, yep. I, I think it's like low-key, really strong. Dimitri Kleiss, good. Lucas Viznjewski, the pole 29-year-old, he came second in Omloop in 2018. He's quite good. Harry yes. Tanfield, 26-year-old Brit, big guy, big engine. He could be all right. Jan um, uh, yeah, Lindeman. oh, and Goggle, sorry. So it was, it was the three was uh, Goggle, Klaes, and Viznjewski. I thought those trio is, is pretty solid. Is there anyone I'm missing that would be sort of in, with them in the in the cobbled races?
0: I would include Walshite being a uh, top 30 in Tour of Flanders, definitely being able to show something for the team in that terrain. I recall, but I can't find it on Palmares too early, that Barbero did cobbles at some point. For a Spanish rider, that's pretty special. I think that he got top 50s or something around 2018 in those cobble races, so he could be supportive in this terrain. I think that perhaps Campanards should go to these. I think he said something along those lines that he was going to expand themselves outside of time trial. And I think Cobble is the right area to do so. So I'm hoping that we can see Campanard's give an attempt to the likes of an envelope, to the likes of Paris Urbay, most likely, because that has less hills to worry about.
1: Stockbro. Stockbro will be going.
0: Stockbro, Yes, 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 yes. That's also a name that I actually forgot to mention, but he's decent at the Cobbles. I think it was mainly 2019 where he showed that he... Uh, he can won Lady twenty three. Baby Flan, I love how you say that uh, <laughs> amazing and would you send Nizzolo to Colways? I think you need to send him to Wevilhem because he can win the race
1: well, according to p c s he's going to omloop and uh I can't see him Evelhem there because then he's going to San Remo and Giro, uh but yeah, I'm not sure I trust that program entirely. I mean he came second in kerner this year, sixth in lessssamin, so yeah, for the flat ones, for Kerner and Omloop and Genvevelhem and list them in, I would be sending Nitzolo. I wouldn't send him to Tour of Flanders, and probably and not Roubaix either. Uh, but yeah, I think they, I think this is the strongest part of their team, Benji. Uh, they're cobbled and they're. I think they could pick up a Binkbank stage, uh, maybe if a Polonia stage is hard. E three like. I think they could be pretty solid here and competitive in all the cobbled races and I mean, I don't think they're on a low budget, they're struggling, but that that's pretty good. I'm, I'm actually Larson Norman Hansen, he's the Danish track guy right now. I don't know whether the Olympics will be impacting that. I think he got let go by and Phoenix because they didn't want to accommodate his uh like Olympics sort of uh preparation so he might be in their classic squad too so it's pretty strong all around if he's in there as well um
0: yeah but a bit of an intersection here uh, just yeah. like in between here we're talking about they're perhaps on a low budget but if i recall correctly a few weeks ago we heard that they were aiming for a 45 million budget but it's a bit of a special situation because they have a partnership with someone who has to look for sponsors for the uh, team
1: yeah yeah so, so
0: over time, this could become a huge team if they actually get that forty-five million.
1: So, like what what they've done is is the same sort of business structure as, uh, say, Tour of Flanders owner of Flanders Classics and Giro owner RCS. They sell the rights to sell the broadcast rights. Um, to a, an intermediary third party that is uh, quote-unquote better at selling and distributing those assets and obtaining return on them. So Zero, RCS, and all their other races that RCS own, they sell their right to sell that to IMG, uh, some media company, and then IMG sell them, try and obtain the most money or best return, and then they get a cut, and then the money goes back to RCS. Similar, so Quebec, ASOS, thanks for reminding me, Benji, they are – they're selling the right to obtain, I guess, obtain sponsorship or giving the right to obtain sponsorship. And then hopefully this, I think is Irish maybe, Irish investment company or something. Sports and Doors or something. I don't yeah, know if it's Irish. Double, like double, or yes. they'll be better equipped to go out, get the best, the most money and do that, etc. cetera. Whether that works, I mean, I'm all for people trying different structure because, hey, them trying to get sponsors themselves, barely working. I was not like, it doesn't seem to be working too well. they yep. only hung on by the skin of their teeth this year. So I'm glad they're trying to do something different. We'll wait to see, wait to see if that is a uh, a viable model for teams going forward. But moving on to their Ardennes squad, Benji, having noted that their cobbled one's pretty solid. Uh, is, this, is this the weakest part of their team?
0: It's kind of weird, huh? Because over the last couple of years, they would have... NTT signed every single rider that was ever good at Amstel, Kreuziger, (laughs) Pazo Vivo, no, Pazo Gasparado, I mean, and Valgren. And right now, neither of those three is still in the team. So it's kind of mad how
1: that switched around. Oh, they signed it. He he was in 2013. Who? Sorry. Sergio Now was second at Flesh in 2013, so that counts. Yeah, but
0: where is he now?
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's he was good in in Ardennes. He was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think Simon Clark's still a good shout though for likes yeah, of Hamstall. The five on the table, to be honest. If he's on the level that he was at EF, that is doable. Outside of him, I don't know what to expect. Robert Power, I don't know what his plan is in this team. He was destined to be one of the bigger Australians coming up. A few years ago, but Haig really took that spot from him and became the rider that Power was meant to be. So, not sure what to expect. You're Australian, do you know much about Power?
1: No, not really. I, I was—he did the Vuelta right. I thought he, yeah, he didn't didn't show much at the Vuelta. Um, I don't know what's happening. Maybe he just didn't fit with the Sunweb with DSM. Uh, but I think you're right. Benji That's a good shout. You know, Simon Clarke, second in Armstrong 2019. That's got to count for something. And he was still solid at the start of 2020. I think he's definitely going to be in that Ardenne squad. As you said, probably send Robert Power. Who else? And now probably. The reason I'm sending Goggle. Goggle, yeah. The reason I'm sending Goggle is is because. Strade guy.
0: Yeah, Strade is the perfect child because he got ninth there last year. So I think he's a combination between Cobble and Hills. And I think he can do well in both. I recall him doing well in Amstel at some point in his career. Is that 2018? He has a good result. No every, because to there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't really know what to expect from Gogo, but I know that he's going to be good in one of the races. And the likes of Astradi, the likes of a small hill classic, Robben Sapel perhaps, that kind of level, is more likely than an LBL. But I still see him perform well overall and I hope that we see more from him because kind of cool guy.
1: Now, apologies if we're missing out of uh, mentioning any of the younger guys doing really well, but um, I uh, don't really see it to be honest. So I think it'll be Clark. And I think if there was a younger guy I would have picked to do well in the Ardennes, it would have been Ben O'Connor, maybe as a long ranger with Simon Clark, but he's not on the team anymore. Giro squad, I don't know if they've announced this already. I'm assuming they're sending the man with the legend, Pozzo, to the Giro. Uh, I think they are. So are they going to ride for him on GC again? Are they going to send ride for him on GC and send people in breaks? Do they send Nizzolo to the Giro? I think they are. I think Nizzolo is going to do the Giro to a double. I think Nizzolo is going to win at least two Giro stages, Benji. Um, and apart from that, I don't really mind what they do at the Giro. I, um,
0: I'm um, i all for Nizzolo, but I'd love to see him at the Tour de France, kind of, because if they send him to the Giro, they'd also have to send him to the Tour de France, because otherwise they don't really have much for the Tour de France.
1: Apparently I he would say doing on the both.
0: Okay, so that, yeah, that's perfect then. That, as in... He can try and get stage wins in both, like Ewan is trying to do in all three this year. So I guess uh, the sprint is like a challenge this year. But I think that Nizzolo could get stage wins if he's in the form of last year, not in the form of the two years before that. Because last year was kind of his breakthrough again as a sprinter after a few years of stagnating under the top. And now he could potentially lead more to the top. But I also don't think he's going to be beating Ewan anytime soon in all-out sprints every single day. So... Yeah, if it's a harder stage, he's gonna come out in that podium for sure. And with the likes of the Giro, I see that as an option going to the Tour de France. He could also get some podium places. I um, I think that we're seeing a bit of changes in the sprinting scene as well, with the likes of Peterson now popping up as a as a sprinter from Trek. Young riders popping up a bit more at the front as well, and I think that's gonna make the trip for Nizzolo a bit more troublesome. But I still Trusted outside of like Pozzo, Vivo, and Nizolo, there's just not too much to the team, is there for Grand Tours? Like, we're no. gonna be talking about trying to make a Grand Tour team for the Giro, for the Velta, and for the tool, but it's impossible because you send Pozzo to the Giro and you've got no one left Aru for the tour, but I would send Aru to the Velta because I'd love to see him try more smaller races first to try and get his yeah, feel for yeah. cycling back up again. And, and then at the Velta he can go for stage wins, that kind of stuff. And by the end of the year, he would, if he finds a victory in in a, I don't know, some of the smaller Italian classics, perhaps, or stuff like that. And then he comes out to the Velta and he gets some podium plays or even gets a stage win in the breakaway at some point. And he's going to come at the end of the season and, he, and he's going to be really proud of what he's achieved after after really troublesome years and i think we need to see something like that from our if you send him to the giro he's going to get slaughtered if you send him to the tour de france he's going to get slaughtered by the people like the poor Gachars of the world so yeah simon clark i would send him to uh the tour de france because he can fight for the yellow jersey in the next couple of stages just like those other 10 riders we've named for the first two stages uh britannia and such first three stages i don't even know at this point
1: I think for the Tour de France, it's pretty clear they should go stage hunting and I think they can actually have a pretty strong squad. You have Nitzolo with a full lead out. You have Victor Campanac must go to the Tour and avoid the Giro and hope he needs to pray that the Olympics are happening and that Dennis, Ganna, Remco all do the Giro and go to the Olympics and don't do the Tour. And then I think Campanac's best chance of a Grand Tour stage win is this year at the Tour because it could be, I mean, yep. it's still going to be strong, it's still to be hard. It's never easy to win a Tour de France ITT, but if there ever was one with now Dumoulin, Dumoulin's out Benji. I would have had Dumoulin beating Campanats, but now his competition is uh, art Thomas, Pagaccia, and Roglic. So it's still not easy, but still a lot easier than against Gana, Dennis, and... Tom yes. uh, So I think he goes, Clark goes, as you said, and Nitsola goes. And you just hunt stages and you could, I mean, they could pick up one or two and that would be a really good result for them. And I think like I'd actually expect them to win a grand tour stage. If you add the probabilities of all those riders and what they're good at and the various opportunities, I'd expect them to pick up at least one at the tour. Yeah. Is there anyone else you'd send uh, for, for uh, Quebec ASOS?
0: Uh, it's difficult to really uh, name some riders at the moment. I think that, like you say, stage hunting is the business they go to in the Tour de France. In the Vuelta, I'd leave the opportunities in the hands of the youngsters, give them an opportunity. But also if Pozzo Vivo, for example, after his Giro feels like he wants to ride another GT, just do it. Because what else do you have to offer when it comes to Grand Tour uh, GC on that team? So I would definitely offer the chances to youngsters in the Vuelta and to riders who Go the first two Grand Tours, or one of the two. I wouldn't send Nizzolo to all three unless he really wants to do it. Um, and kind of try and use overlaps in riders. The strongest riders from the first two Grand Tours, send them to the VELTA to try and achieve more. And I think that's the best way they can go about handling things. This is not a great team for Grand Tours, and I think we've uh, mentioned that quite a few times already. So it's hard to specify what they would go to and who they would ride for at the end of uh, at the end of the year in La Vuelta. But I guess the season will slowly but surely decide if they see young riders popping up, doing really well for their team. In the smaller races, they might be more enticed to put them in the Vuelta as well and give them an opportunity for themselves. So, yeah,
1: I, uh, I think Vuelta is going to be like Valshide, Vacek, uh, Sunderland, Power, and um, yeah. yeah, those sort of riders. And I think... I think Nizzolo is going to have a very busy year. Same with Pozzo Viva. Like we're going to see Pozzo maybe at like milano Torino will have its, I presume traditional parkour back with the climb for Pozzo and co. Although, you know, I think Uran and Pino usually go pretty well there. and, And Bernal's one there too. So it's always tough there. Nizzolo is, how he goes is really going to influence how this team goes. He's by far and away their best rider. I think he's really underrated, Nitzolo. Uh, I think he's up there with definitely the second tier of sprinters. I'd have him alongside Ackerman. And, um, yeah, I'd have him alongside Ackerman. Different sort of strengths, but I just really rated how he looked in 2020 before that crash. Uh, So that's their Grand Tour squads. Now on to our hot takes and predictions, Benji. So Nine wins last year from counting the minutes solo European champs. Over under, I'm putting at nine wins again, over or under Benji.
0: I'm gonna do this correctly this time around. I think they're <laughs> gonna get more, and I think that over half of their victories are gonna come from Nizzolo. I hope <laughs> that this is the year that he can uh, that he can make it happen. I I was a Nizolo fan throughout his career because he always came second in the Giro stages. And I think that he's still looking for that Giro stage, right?
1: Yeah, I think he got Grand DQ'd DQ'd.
0: Yeah, the one time he was gonna win it after all those years of getting second, they DQ'd his ass. Whether yeah. that's good or bad, I don't remember because no, I don't remember
1: deserved, the situation much. He, he deserved to get DQ'd. He chopped a guy pretty. He put okay. a guy. Yeah, it was pretty bad.
0: Okay, but in the end, I hope that he can find his Grand Tour victory because it's the one he's been hunting for four years. So. Come on, Nizzolo, this yeah. is your year. So I,
1: hope so too. I think
0: they're going to go for a good twelve, thirteen in total.
1: I'm going to go under. I think they're going to be consistent in the classics, and I said they're a good team, but I don't think they're going to pick up wins in the classics. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fourths to sevenths, and we'll be like, "That's pretty good, guys," but it's still not. It's still so hard to win Omloop uh, or Kerner. It's hard. Um, so Honestly. yeah.
0: I would love if someone random that is listening or watching this podcast would count together all the uh, victories we give each team and check if that actually fits in this in the season because at this point, I'm just giving it random numbers and <laughs> I'm probably just giving out numbers that are like double the amount of races we have this season in <laughs> top
1: I mean, listen, this is the Quebec ASOS preview, so the only people listening will be the hardcore LRCP fans. So I'm sure one of them, if you're degenerate enough to listen to this pod 40 minutes in... <laughs> <laughs> then you probably might put that Excel spreadsheet together. Uh, we'll give you a shout out <laughs> if you do so. But yeah, I'm going under nine wins. Uh, and my hot take for the year is that they win two Grand Tour stages. So I don't think they're going to win a lot of races, but I think they're going to win two Grand Tour stages. I think that'd be quite a nice result for them. What's your hot take?
0: Uh, it's not necessarily a hot take, but it's a hot take thing. looking at, it's going to be a hot take for Nizzolo. He's going to win a Giro stage. That's not a hot... No, and... that's not
1: a hot take. No, that doesn't count.
0: <laughs> okay, let's do a hot take. Okay, I'm, I'm going to find one, okay? I'm going to think about it. I think the hot take is going to be... That... So be I don't have no beat. clue what hot take I'll think. Fire <laughs> wins a Vuelta? What? No, sorry, what was it? Uh, my hot take is going to be the following. I think that's... We are going to see. Oh man, why are you doing this to me? I think we're going to see. Ah,
1: Be brave. Goggle Goggle. I'm still gold.
0: My- <laughs> Michael Goggle is going to win a Grand Tour stage.
1: Okay, I'll give that to you. I think that's like. Okay, now that is a hot take. That's a hot take. It's it's a, it's yeah. not as hot as uh as some of our previous ones, but that's a Rebecca Assos preview. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and give us a like down below on the YouTube video or give us a rating on the podcast players if you've enjoyed it and we'll be bringing out – I'm not sure how many World Tour teams we have left. I've lost count.
0: we see you later. <laughs> Ciao.